VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 704, recorded on November 27th, 704th edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 537th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. Right, so as we wait for Scott to join in, as I'll start, um, there's a lot going on on Twitter slash X tonight. And um, I, I decided to, to hop in right now. Uh, for one thing, you know, Elon Musk has this guy, this Shadow Davis from Winnipeg, who's alt right, and I have no. You can't take the uh, you can't take the live on X thing off the screen, so it's sort of like he's staring you in the face, uh, being forced to watch it. And this the the topic for tonight is the climate scam might be slowing down. And you want to hear what the last one I saw was? Listen to this. <laughs> Okay. Liberals, liberals, and far left media go on attack. Elon, you realize that um, aside from the anti-Semitic bullshit that you've been doing, this is one of the reasons why the advertisers are leaving. They don't want to be associated with this. Yeah, they, they really don't. don't. <laughs> so, uh, the other thing that's going that that that's this controversy on on. Um, going on right now that's is that um people are upset that uh warner brothers took looney tunes and looney tunes movie and all that stuff off their uh off their streaming service and they're all really upset and they're all angry at david zaslov and here's my response i don't care here's the thing if you're upset at a streaming service for removing content Buy the DVD or Blu-ray. And well, sure, oh, but. yeah. Well, my next point is, you know what? If the physical media isn't there anymore, guess whose fault it is? It's yours for not backing physical media. And I know on Amazon they have the complete set of Looney Tunes if people really want it. I don't do any. I don't do any paying streaming service. The only one I do is YouTube, and that's because I occasionally upload to it. If you're paying yeah. for, I, I I don't need to pay for streaming services. I don't care. I don't need them. I don't need them in my life. Disney Plus can go fuck itself. Hulu can fuck itself. Did, did we start? Plus. Yeah, we started. We're just discussing stuff that has nothing to do with the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't care about W. They're trying to torpedo that service anyway. It's dead. It, it's already been dead. Uh, remember when they tried to turn it into Discovery Channel, I think? Discovery Channel bought it, and they turned it into Discovery. I don't – I can't follow along with these uh, these streaming services, and advertisers are finding out that cable is more lucrative than streaming services. So that is that. Anyway, uh, what have you been playing, TJ? Um, I jumped back into Tears of the Kingdom this last weekend for right. – uh, pretty good long time um i've 
been trying to tie up loose ends and make it to the end of the game because I still have a little ways to go. Uh, I really, I, I tr- so there's these three labyrinths in the game on like various corners of the continent, and they're really fun. Like one of them, like is straight up, uh, you start on the ground floor of Hyrule. And then the labyrinth has you go up into the sky and solve another puzzle. And then you have to finish the labyrinth by going into the depths below. And I think it's just a really good gathering of all the things that that game does right when it comes to like puzzles and encounters and all this, all the stuff that you can explore. I also did a, a quest line that sucked and gave me a horrible reward. And I was like, Wow, that was a lot of work for nothing. So it's not all they can't all be bangers. Yeah. But uh I've well, still been more the uh lame uh, uh glider texture pack texture thing. No, Scott, I did the Laurelin Village quest line where you uh fight off the pirates and then rebuild oh, the town. You didn't like freeing the town? I didn't mind freeing the town. I didn't like it when they asked me to rebuild the whole damn thing and uh give you a reward. That was, that they, was my Sukadin moment. I, I got to save them, rebuild their town, which took me like five minutes, and then and then I was done. And I did water to, racing. You have to get 15 logs to them and then get them 20 Hylian rice. <laughs> oh, I had, the, I had the rice on me, and I just went and hacked a bunch of trees, dragged them over, done. It was, it was yeah. real easy. It just kind of bothers me that it's kind of a long and tedious quest line, and then you get... <laughs> An, you get an inn, which you can sleep anywhere in that game, and you get a free meal a day. And <laughs> you feel you. they worship you as a hero. They're like, "Thank you, Link." Now you can <laughs> feel given, now you can feel my pain. A cool piece of armor for it. <laughs> now you can feel my pain uh, with the update thirty three to st- uh, State of Decay two, in which uh, they turn the um, the Haven Protocol into a wet fart used to be that um, it would be on all the time and it would destroy any uh, zombies that got near your your, your uh, settlement. This is after a very long quest line in which you had to do all this stuff and then you had a three-minute siege with, with all the big creatures attacking you. And now all it does is kill like eight zombies and then goes into a 15-minute uh, 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 you know, recharge, which is just not worth it. And my thing is, do you really want me to not do the Trumbull map anymore? Because now you made it so that that mission is worth nothing, and it's not worth it to even have it anymore. It's like, I can, I can use my, my big space for something else. And it's like, I'm okay, fine, I'm never going to do Trumbull. And all the people who are begging me to go to the Trumbull map, they can go fuck themselves, because I'm not going to go, because there's no point in it. There's no point. Yeah, if you save this town, you get you get a, they invite you're allowed to stay at the end for free. You get a free meal from the restaurant every day, and uh, there's a there's a mini game where you open a chest and get monster parts. I would have rather like I would have liked a piece of armor and and or it's a fishing town. Why don't they have a fishing shop where they sell you fish? Here's the thing: you got a lot more than what you now get at the uh, for the Haven device and and City Decay too. So feel happy didn't about like it that. For the amount of work I did. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, what have you been playing? Oh, I finished up uh, Star Ocean two. I got I finished my run as Claude, and I'll probably do a run as Rena so I can get the other characters. Jay, were you playing and... Star Ocean two too? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And there's there's 99 endings. They actually added a character who was not recruitable in the first one, the original. And then the remake allows you to recruit her. And she's this obnoxious. I think she's one of those, the, the character type that looks really young, but they're really actually a lot older than they look. And she just comes off really obnoxious and uh, like, I'm the queen of the world and you, you should have me join your party. And I was just like, no, nah, you're not joining. I got other characters to get in. And it's like, but my second one, I might put her in just so I can get her ending, whatever that is. And there's 99 endings and, and the endings are short. And you can manipulate it to get multiple endings in one run, but it's just it's just still a lot of endings. I'm guessing the character that you're talking about, based on the way you described her, is Welch. Yeah, Welch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's you know, her, silly. Her weapon is a little pointy finger that I guess she pokes people with. It's mm-hmm. like, what is this character? It's crazy. Yeah, she is an odd one. I think she first appeared in the. Uh... There was like a there was like a updated version of Star Ocean that wasn't a, was quite a remake like this one, like maybe in 2014. And uh, I think she made her first appearance in there, but I can't remember. Yeah. And uh, it's been cool having the whole thing voice acted. So you get a lot of of uh, just hearing the characters voices and uh, seeing the animation of their of their faces, which is nice. Uh, and again, the portraits are really top tier in this uh, this game. Really good. I didn't really like the villains that much. They come in the last quarter of the game, and they're just kind of there. You know, they're like, okay, we're going to destroy everything because we want to. And it's like, okay. That's, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed myself, though. So it's, uh, just going to... See what you know, what endings I can get with the second run, and then, you know, maybe go back to Baldur's Gate three or something. Did you, uh, did you go for the secret dungeon in your playthrough at all? Maze of uh, Tribulations. Just, yeah, it's just unlocked now. That I got the first one. It won't unlock until, at least for me, it won't unlock until uh, you do one run of the game where you beat it at least once, and then it unlocks and you can play it in New Game Plus. I'll probably try it there. Nice. Yeah, I remember that one being probably one of the most difficult extra dungeons I've ever played, only because there's like a hundred floors to it. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been just spamming Meteor Palm for most of the game, so it'd be nice to see if it makes me uh, change my tactics. Mm-hmm. Scott, did you ever finish Sea of Stars? Yes, I finished that game as well. Okay. I completely platinumed it, got the wow. extra ending, so that was that was a lot of fun. I really liked the music and the combat for that game. Have you played it yet, uh, TJ? I have not. Okay. It's by the same people who did The Messenger. I don't know if you played that game or not. Yes. It's ba- Actually, it's a sequel to The Messenger, so that's basically what it is. It's a sequel to The Messenger. As for me, I haven't played anything this week. I've been too busy. And that, that's a very f- straight thing. By the way, uh, what's amusing is that you notice this uh, little flare-up about an Xbox tax turned out to be uh, false. And people are just going nuts on both sides because, uh, A, the rumor was false, and B, it was stirred up, I think, Luke Plunkett. 
and he's there's been a lot of uh, receipts being being made at his expense. You know, I don't know. It's just very strange. Um. Anyways, uh, we're going to go to quick news. Uh, the Game Awards will beef up security this uh, this year to prevent stage crashers. That's uh, top of mind for us, Jeff Keighley says. Um, That's he, good. I don't know. It's funny. It's the guy just well, goes, yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Wait, where's the Grand Theft Auto? They should I mean, be. It's like it, it only takes one person to make it from a funny, quirky thing to a horrific tragedy of you know so, someone getting actually hurt. And it really shouldn't be happening. Uh, Jeff Keighley, on the otherwise, has been talking about how the game awards are not biased against Xbox. And anytime you have someone having to say that, um, it's bad news. Because there's only one Xbox Studios game that was ever nominated in the entire history of the game awards, and that was Psychonauts 2. And one of the more egregious things, people are talking about Starfield, no, Starfield, whatever. The most egregious. Uh, omission was Hi-Fi Rush, which had uh, tens of thousands of overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam, and yet somehow was not nominated for best for best game. But then again, um, here's the thing: don't ever trust award shows by writers ever, ever, and that includes me. Um, yeah. Here's a, you know BAFTA and the Academy Awards; those are not done by writers. Those are done by Ampus and BAFTA. You know which award shows are done by writers? The Golden Globes, mm. which are notoriously corrupt. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, at some point, someone's going to have to make – ESA is going to have to make their own award show. The problem is that you can't get video game companies to spend money on anything, it's just, you know, on something that's not directly to them, which is sad. But in order for you to have a, an actual game show for the video game industry, it has to be by ESA because it's an industry award. Hmm. The uh, writers are not part of the industry. They just report on it. So uh, finally, Destiny 2, the final shape's delay announced by Bungie. And anybody who knows Bungie is extremely not surprised because they uh, – two words, Halo 2. Bungie can't do anything on time. Yeah, and uh, they've been going through some very tumultuous times recently, having laid off a whole bunch of people. Um, it's un like it it I I don't know that that affected this uh, this delay because the the teams that were mostly laid off were social and community. Nonetheless. Uh, My, I salute but, Destiny 2 players for having to put up for this bullshit for the past couple of years. Yeah. Bungie uh, definitely uh, got some flack for those uh, layoffs. Yeah, but all the travails that this game has been going under, you know, the, the players are the ones who have to deal with it. And I remember there was um, – what were the players really upset about a couple of a couple of weeks ago? Remember? There was some, mm, there was a lot some of controversy. Did, a lot of folks didn't like the latest expansion of the game because there were they just didn't feel that it hit the mark and or added enough to the game to warrant the price of an expansion. Um, yeah, oh wait, no, it was the uh, uh, it was the weapons that were uh, that were. Ner- remember that? 
uh, remember when people had a problem with weapons and do you remember that uh, where the weapons were not they had some weapons were nerfed it was a lightfall expansion I believe yeah yeah like they nerfed some weapons and there was a lot of and there was a lot of a lot of folks were annoyed that the, just like the content of the game was not up to snuff with what they'd expected out of an expansion because a lot of them have been good. The Witch, uh, the Witch, I'm sorry, whatever the Witch expansion was, <laughs> they, they liked that one a lot. And uh, I know there was another one that was before that that was, that hit pretty good, but uh, people haven't been found. People haven't been fond of Lightfall. And the funny thing is, we know that Bungie is not uh, is not owned by Sony, more like partnerships, because Marathon's going to be on the Xbox. Had yeah. Sony had Sony Sony couldn't afford Bungie, I think, and it's sort of like, well, you can pay for this much, but we want a autonomy to do what the hell we want, and you can just say, hey, look, we responded to Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard by we got Bungie. Mm-hmm. And what they actually got was Bungie giving them the middle finger and saying, no, we do we do what we want. We do what we want. <laughs> um, and that's the other thing. I, I know a lot of people who are completely unenthusiastic about Marathon. Simply because of what's going on with Destiny 2. Yeah, I don't even know much about Marathon. And like... Uh, Marathon... Marathon was an original game on the Apple, and um, it was their first shooter. And basically, it's related to Halo. Um, a lot of a lot of what's in Halo has has a lot of Marathon, like Durandal and all that stuff. It was it yeah. was like it was like System Shock, the first System Shock, you know, sort of like the the FPSs that weren't just run around corridors and shoot things. Yeah, and it was like I I can't be the only one alone, and like a lot of folks are, were probably confused when they saw that like as a as a remake, just like what even is this, and what is, and where did it come from, and why are they doing it now? There well, was like they just kind of came out of nowhere and said, "Yeah, we're doing marathon remake now." That's a, that's a thing that's happening, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> maybe they saw System Shock and how well it did, and they say, "You know what? We're going to do that." But they're doing it up as an extraction shooter, which like have you have you played the original? Yeah, the original was not an extraction shooter. It was it had it had it had a plot. Okay, so that's what I wanted to know was like why would the is there anything in the original that like applies to that you uh, could? You know what Halo is? Marathon is pre-Halo. That's basically it. Just think of it as that. Okay. So I don't know anything about the reboot. All I know is that people are telling me they're not enthusiastic about it because of Destiny 2. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. We're not going to see it for a while. They pushed, they delayed, there were, I mean, I guess they haven't confirmed that one, but there was word that they were delaying Marathon back to 2025. Anyways, we're going to move on to game news. Scott, take the first item. All right. Mario Kart X uh, out in 2025, claims leaker. This is from Metro. 
a leaker who correctly predicted everything from Metroid Dread to everybody one to switch says next Mario Kart has the biggest budget yet. It's pretty easy to make up any old rumor about Mario Kart since there obviously is going to be another one. However, correctly predicting everybody one to switch, probably the least likely Nintendo sequel ever, as clearly not a guess. So when the same leaker says something about Mario Kart, it carries a lot of weight. Despite Nintendo's reputation for secrecy, leaker Zippo has got a right in the past, including advanced news about Metroid Dread and Fire Emblem. Like others, they also predicted a new 3D Donkey Kong game, and while they never, that never happened, they were suspicious it was either canceled or delayed. There's unlikely, that's unlikely to happen to the next Mario Kart, which Zippo claimed to be out in 2025, it is called Mario Kart X, and it is biggest budget entry the series has ever seen. Why it's called Mario X is considering the last one was Mario Kart 8, it's not explained, but according to Zippo, it'll be released, switched to second year on the market. This reminds me when Windows skipped uh, 9, went from 8, just went to 10, so that, that's that's what that reminds me of. Uh, as the Mario Kart 8, it'll be developed by Nintendo EPD Production Group 9 with help from Bandai Namco Studios, who recently opened a new studio specifically to work with outside companies, primarily Nintendo. Supposedly, Nintendo is sparingly absolute, sparing absolutely no expense with this game and will be one of the most expensive Nintendo has ever produced. Zippo has suggested that 2025 is going to be a massive year for Mario franchise in general, as he describes it being the 40th anniversary. This year has been pretty big for Mario, I have to say, so that's interesting. Presumably, they mean Super Mario Bros., which will be 40 years old in 2025. Mario first appeared in Donkey Kong in 1981, but Nintendo completely ignored the fact when the game hit 40 in 2021. Although it's rumored that that's what the 3D Donkey Kong game was meant to coincide with, and it got pushed back because of the pandemic. You know, I know some people who are really upset, and that is people who are looking at Nintendo and saying, why aren't you doing this with Pokemon? Why aren't you spending all expenses instead of recycling old 3D models? Just just redo Pokemon completely. I don't I mean, know if Pokemon is really a big focus. To a certain extent, it's got to be an absurd amount of work to create every one of those creatures, apply all the moves that they have or can learn, and then uh, make animations for all that stuff. Definitely. Like, I I think it's cool when somebody can make a game that has completely original assets, but coming from a fighting game background where, like, I grew up seeing sprites reused in games frequently, I also recognize how much work goes into that stuff and how hard it is to do. And especially... Well, that's why you'd be sparing game. no expense. Yeah, well, and especially when you're trying to make time and a budget, because, like, yeah, like Pokemon has been on a pretty fast release cycle in the last few games. That's the first problem, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that is that is what it boils down to is like they kind of create their own issue by having that kind of release schedule that they have to meet. So here's the thing, you know, Mary Cardex. Let's, I, I, you know, I'm willing to bet you started a year ago, right? So that means the uh, from 2022 to 2025, they're working on Mario Kart X. They're giving it three years of development. Now, granted, uh, part of this is probably because they're just going to DLC the hell out of it to get my, uh, to you know. 
Oh, um, here's a princess, uh, not Princess Peach, the other one. Uh, you know, here's a Pauline Daisy. racer. Yeah, princess, here's Princess Daisy. Here's Pauline. Uh, hey, you want to play a bomb racer? Go out ahead. <laughs> hey, here's a Birdo racer. So they're probably going to do that with it. I have a theory. Okay. I uh, I feel like based off of how they did Super Mario Bros. Wonder, they might work a little bit of that aesthetic and style into uh, a new Mario Kart game, which would be fabulous. I would love to have uh, tracks where you, where somebody hits a Wonder Flower and it just goes crazy bonkers. Possible. I mean, it would be almost a shame not to use the Flower Kingdom and all the things that they introduced in Super Mario Bros. Wonder in a new game. This is going to be a 40-year anniversary thing. There's going to be a lot of references. Hey, play as 8-Bit Mario. <laughs> as 8-Bit Mario Car. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Mario Kart always makes bank no matter what. I mean, 8 was not considered very good, actually. No one was really enthusiastic about 8. So maybe that unenthusiasm about 8, maybe that's why they're A, taking away the number, and B, giving it a real hard polish. And besides, X makes it sound cool. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with it, because they stuffed so much stuff into Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It's uh, it's going to be like, where do you go from here? Are you going to still keep reusing tracks that you sold us twice in, in previous games? Or uh, We also have to assume that it's going to take advantage of whatever new technology the Switch 2 is going to use. Yeah, for sure. Like 4K, bright screens, uh, better processing. Uh, gonna, there, there has to be some hardware gimmick that they're going to exploit the hell out of. I don't know what it is, but, you know. Imagine a Mario Kart which has uh, augmented reality. Yeah, wasn't there something about uh, VR possible? No, not VR. AR. Augmented mm-hmm. reality. In which, um, you're, uh, watch, the, the controller, didn't, the, didn't, switch, didn't the Switch the controller. Didn't the 3DS have? Uh, yes, it did. But, here, but here's the thing. Not you have the Switch. The, I meant the 3DS, sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm, but I'm thinking about... Um, you know the uh, new the Switch Two controller has a as a camera. You know left uh, forward and uh, and front facing camera, and this new you can make you can use the uh, controller as AR, and you can one of the Mario Kart X uh, features is that you can make your house a racetrack. It does sound cool. Yeah, so we're still waiting on this for one for quite some time. Some time. This is mostly just a rumor for now, and no, of course we haven't seen the new Switch yet. But like, well, according to this, uh, the new Switch is going to be next year in 2024 because they say that this would be a second year Switch to release. Hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what Nintendo has up their sleeves with this. I hope it works out. I. I... I really would like a new Mario Kart that takes new, like tries new things and takes new chances. Of course, if it's just shinier, you know, 4K physics and all that stuff, and trust us, um, Mario Kart has always relied on physics. Uh, it'll, 
you know, just a shinier, more polished Mario Kart, I think people would be fine with, too. And um, I'm interested to see how many characters it starts with and how many characters it adds over, you know, over its lifetime. Anyway, take the next item, uh, TJ. Pony-inspired fighting game Them's Fight and Herds abandons its unfinished story mode from PC Gamer. In 2013, Hasbro sent a cease and desist letter to uh, the creators of a My Little Pony fan game called uh, Fighting is Magic. It began as a fan art project called Marvel vs. Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Marvel vs. Popcom. While the uh, creators of Main while the creators Main Six accepted the cease and desist, they kept the basic idea and mechanics and used them to create an original game called Them's Fighting Herds. Lauren Faust, producer of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, of the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic TV show, agreed to create a new cast of hoof mammaled fighters for the game and came up with the basics of the setting and story as well. I think that's actually so, kind of cool, really, that the creator yeah, of My Little Pony decided, you know, you want to make a My Little Pony game, but can't call it My Little Pony, I'll, I'll design some characters who are reminiscent of ours, but legally distinct from. Mm-hmm. Following an Indiegogo campaign that raised $586,346, Them's Fighting Herds was released in Steam on Early Access. Though Them's Fighting Herds left Early Access in 2020, its story mode remains incomplete, with only the first chapter playable. In the latest blog post, which details two DLC characters being released as part of its season pass, there's a section of what comes next, or there's a section on what comes next. After the season one pass is complete, it says we will be ceasing all development, active development on them's fighting herds. We will still be able to release small patches to address game breaking bugs, but no new content will be will be produced. Unfortunately, that includes story mode. Main six continues by saying that the content was already produced for the story mode. Second chapter will be worked on into an will be worked into an update that will come at the same time as the DLC characters next year, including a new stage. Quote, story mode has always been an ambitious feature and one we truly desired to implement. We know how much our fans have been looking forward to story mode chapters. We hope you understand how much we looked forward to working on and releasing them. There are also consequences for some of the game's original backers. For any outstanding items related to our original Indiegogo crowdfund, the shift in development does, does mean we'll need to adjust some of our originally planned perks. More information on this will be shared in the coming weeks via email and on our Indiegogo channel. In response, players have begun leaving negative reviews on Steam, as usual. Uh, while them's fighting herds had has nine, 89% positive ratings overall, only 33% of the reviewers for, reviews from the last month have been positive. So DJ, this you're is, go ahead. <laughs> this is a silly. I mean, to a certain extent, like they're an indie developer, they they eventually have to wrap up what they're doing, or they have to. They eventually run out of the money they got from the campaign, right? <laughs> but, like, even if they sell stuff and make money off of season passes, I don't know. Like, I I guess it, to a certain extent you could argue it, it means it was somewhat of a mismanaged project if they, could, if they made a promise and eventually said we can't deliver. But, uh, 
it's also an indie developer. They're not Capcom. They're not Arc System Works. They're not SNK. They don't have all the resources in the world to throw at anything they feel like doing at any given time. Uh, four, wor- uh, four words. Half-Life 2, Episode 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I, I think that sucks, and I especially think it sucks for Indiegogo backers that uh, were hoping to see that stuff, especially with Lauren Faust on the credits. It just kind of is what it is also. And I think it's really stupid that people would go to Steam and and bomb the game because they got pissed off that it didn't have a story mode. I will say this. It is kind of frustrating to only, you know, to have one chapter and then that's it. It's like, well, what happens next? Yeah. I guess, like, they finish up those two last DLC characters, the second chapter of story mode, and that stage, and that's about it. I guess they want to move on to other projects. Yeah, I mean, and that has to be part of that conversation, too. Like, do we spend this amount of time uh, trying to get this feature into the game, or do we just go ahead and say, we're done here, we need to move on, we have other things we need to make? Because, like, they are a developer, and to a certain extent, that's their jobs, and they're trying to make money. So I'm sure that, to a certain extent, they would love to work on a new game. You know, the problem is that the fans are kind of um, you know, helpless here, because um, there's no way they can be able to have the contact with Lauren Faust to you know, make a fan-made mod that continues the second chapter and all that stuff, you know, even if they wanted to. So it's sort of like, you know, just imagine what the second chapter would be like. I mean, hey, look, you love the characters. That's great. Maybe in the future you will you will get that the next few chapters, whatever they had planned. Um, move on to the next item. This this item this item is basically for for TJ's ears only. Near Automata sequel is coming, just not yet. This comes from us from Eurogamer. Near series producer Yosuke Saito has confirmed that while Director Toko Yokotaro is alive. New Nier games will be released. In an interview with 4Gamer.net and shared by Genki, Sato said that while another Nier game would be coming, the duo is currently working on a separate project and teased that we can expect to hear more about that unannounced game next year. The news came via a meeting to talk incessantly about the production of Nier Automata, a presentation at a Korean video game show, G-Star 2023, uh, in which Sato talked about the development of the original game, and hinted at what lay ahead for the fan-favorite series. Although Sato has no firm news for Nier fans who have been waiting patiently for a follow-up to 2017's critically acclaimed game, it is, just, it is at least a confirmation that neither Sato or Taro have, are done making Nier games just yet. So yeah, it's six years since Nier Automata, uh, TJ. How are you feeling? Um, yeah, this is a... I mean, I, I kind of... Was, <laughs> It's got to be an odd thing for uh, Yoko Taro to have made a game like Nier Automata that just took off like like a rocket, where so much of the Nier series has kind of been either low to mid reception, kind of niche, kind of uh, kind of cult classic. And I'm, I mean, I'm happy to hear that Yoko Taro is going to keep working on these games regardless of that. It's uh, it's good that they continue to put trust in him and and move things along. At the same time, like I don't know when I expect this because every no, well, time. Yeah. I... Here's the thing: Near came out in 2010, and Your Automata came out in 2017. 
Hey, wait, you know what? That brings us to 2024 if we were going to go by that <laughs> by that schedule. So I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, if uh, if we don't see this game until let me think, because you have to remember we also got you have to remember that we also got near replicants, so that throws off your math a little bit. Yeah. Um, so uh, we near replicant came out in twenty twenty one, if from 2017 to 2021, that's about four years. We might be looking at 2025. Hold on, was it here? Replicant, a remaster of the uh, of Near? It was a remake of the games, like that brought a lot, like the East and West versions of it together into one package. Uh, okay. Yeah, I forgot um, the uh, Near Western and Near Eastern had different protagonists. Yes, and uh, they. If if the math is correct and we're going to get uh, near games every four ish years, then I guess I look forward to seeing the near automata sequel maybe in uh, maybe around twenty twenty five twenty twenty six. Oh yeah, well when are we going to get another Dragon Guard game? See that's the question. It's like the tail wagging the dog now. Yeah. But uh, um, anyways, we're going to move on to the next item. Uh. Former Xbox employee reveals game EA made them cancel. This comes from comicbook.com. Since the launch of the original Xbox, the original, original Xbox, uh, Microsoft has apparently gone to great lengths to keep EA happy. In a new interview with uh, Kiwi Talks podcast, former Microsoft developer Garrett Young stated that the game was working on a first-party soccer game for the original Xbox, but was canceled and ensured that the system got support from EA. Interestingly enough, one of the biggest motivators for Microsoft to work with EA came as a result of the Sega Dreamcast. And in an interview, Young talks about how the Dreamcast did not get support from EA and ended up dying a swift death. While there were a number of reasons uh, Sega's system only lasted a few years in the market, Microsoft attributed the lack of EA games as one of the primary factors, um, which is, makes sense because uh, while uh, say uh, while Mike while EA was making Madden, Sega was making you know NFL 2K and and yet, NAB, you know, all their sports games. Um, as a result, the soccer game Young was working on was scrapped, and he moved on to other product, projects for the company, including Project Gotham Racing. It's not surprising EA may not want to have support, might not have wanted to support Microsoft while the company was creating competing games for the Xbox. However, the lack of competition for EA sports titles has been long a source of frustration in gamers. Blah 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 blah. We know all that. So, um, I don't know. I think. Not having a soccer game on the Xbox, and but having Project Gotham Racing was a win. But it's still yeah, frustrating. A lot of people love Project Gotham Racing. Um, that said, like, it sucks. EA has been, like, the, everything that sucks about sports games can be mostly attributed to the fact that EA just has full control over that shit and no one else gets to make anything so they're sloppy as garbage and, and buggy as hell and the only thing that is consistently like solid is the fucking microtransaction heavy ultimate teams modes which fuck EA for doing that <laughs> like this that sucks what could have been what what would have happened if uh, if this had been able to come out you know but, what uh, really annoys me is that EA has completely given up on making a basketball game because of NBA 2K, and I'm thinking, you know, EA, you could be the anti-NBA 2K and not have any 
And actually, not, uh, but that's probably killing it for them because they would want to have microtransactions too. But that's the only reason. That's the only way they'd be able to compete against NBA 2K is to not have tra- microtransactions. Right. And it's it just it sucks the life out of this industry. Like there's they don't care about making the actual simulation good. They care about getting the most content into the microtransactions and that they can to make sure that you're buying card packs at all times. The other thing that annoys me is that, um, uh, Sega, uh, Sega made, uh, all pro, uh, football, two K seven, seven, no, 14, something like that. Oh, oh, two K. Anyway, they made a, uh, a, a football game without any licensing, which was really good. It, it had the best football gameplay, but, why don't they just make it so that um, they make a football game with no licensing, but keep the editor in there and just say, hey, guys, you know, you can edit anything you like. And we, here's a here's a system to tra- uh, to to, um, you know, do what you can do in other, you know, like racing games and download other people's creations. You know, you can work around that uh, that licensing thing really well, because, you know, what you can't do you can't sue someone for for using tools to create uh, something that isn't there. No one's paying for. You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess you'd have to have some level of curation, but still. You know, it's fun to think about, like, AEW came out this year, right? And it's, like, not the best wrestling game, but it is a pretty decent one as far as gameplay goes. And... I don't know if you know about WWE 2K, but that series has been trash for a few games now but apparently this year's wwe 2k ended up being better and a lot of people speculate it's because aew pushed them to make a better product well yeah i mean where's the pokemon competition right if pokemon had competition maybe they would uh i mean there are some pokemon style games that they're not going to be competition like uh do you think ooblets is going to really compete with pokemon yeah and it's a damn shame that EA, instead of raising its game and being better, would rather just sue other developers into oblivion and make more shitty games. I remember Microsoft was making some first-party baseball games, too. Um, they were kind uh, – I remember because they used Clay Dreslow's uh, engine for trades and stuff like that. It was dry as a piece of toast, but there was something there. And the thing is that you can create a first-party uh, first baseball game, but Microsoft opted not to, and Nintendo op- opted not to. Yeah. And Sony, I think, was just doing it because, hey, you know what? <laughs> you might as well use this as, as PR. And then once they, they went, then they started eating the uh, microtransaction uh, uh, pie, and it's like quality of MLB 2K is uh, not MLB 2K. I mean, the show has gone MLB. The show has gone down. It's depressing. Yep. What could have been? I mean, I love out of the park baseball, but it's a tech sim. And sometimes I don't want a tech sim. Sometimes I want an action sim. Sorry if you can hear that. (laughs) But, um, well, but yeah, I agree with you. Like it's, Variety makes things better. Variety makes the scene better. Like I have loved this year for RPGs because there are so many different kinds, whether it's 
modern, action-heavy, turn-based, strate- strategic, uh, retro-styled. It's It's been a massively cool year for RPGs, and a big part of that is that there's so many different kinds that have come out this year. And Looking forward to next year uh, with Sacrifier and Iodian Chronicle. Mm-hmm. And you just don't get that in the sports and in, in the sports gaming industry that much anymore because of the stifled licensing. Well, here let's go to the arena that you're very well familiar with, uh, TJ, and let's look at fighting games and. There's a lot of good fighting games because everybody's competing with each other. Right. And they all help, and they all force each other to raise their game. Like Guilty Gear Strive put net uh, rollback netcode in from day one, and it put everybody else on notice. And so Street Fighter, Capcom with Street Fighter revamped the whole look of the game, started with the rollback netcode, built an incredible lobby system, and... Now we're going to have Tekken 8 that has its own incredible lobby system, starts with good rollback and moves. It's just it's it's cool to see what happens when companies innovate and put each other on notice through those innovations and push them to, like, make better things. And I just realized something else about fighting games as well. Um, Fighting games is the only uh, 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 genre that I know of in which. The, the indie studios are really pushing the big boys. I mean, you still have Skullgirls, and you still have them fighting herds, and you still have all these other, you know, uh, ground-up games, you know, from the ground-up games that are actually competing, that are actually, you know, getting f- big fan bases. And you don't see that in other genres, really. Maybe RPGs. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wild to think that, like, we could have... Eight different kinds of good RPGs in 2023, but we'll only ever have one football. Well, I guess we have two football football games because uh, we had Madden this year and then we had wildcard football, which people have told me wildcard football is not that bad. Well, I also have that other game that's basically Tecmo Bowl, except with a league uh, version. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I just have these other guys who are trying like axis and stuff like that. And it just shows that when you want to make a really good football game, you do, you do need a large uh, uh, production team. I mean, um, the, uh, the Tecmo bowl style game can get away with it because it's just 2d, you know, but um, it makes me pine a little bit for the days when we had things like techno bowl, Tecmo bowl, 10 yard fight, uh, mutant league football and just all sorts of ridiculous things that make well, hey, you, you, they tried Blood Bowl three and it was terrible. <laughs> um, but it was like a strategy game, isn't it? Isn't it like a but I, strategy you can game? think of you can think about other games. I remember when I was review when I was working for a magazine, you had things like Monday Night Football, the game. Mm-hmm. You had all these entries for football games with all with, with football licenses. Then you only have one person owning a license. And at least the NFL is getting a little snippy because uh, at some point they're actually hinting around that EA may be damaging the brand. Yeah. And it's the same with soccer and it's the same with 2K and basketball and it's the same with, uh, 
UFC and NHL too. Like I have a I have a Canadian colleague who loves hockey and wants to play a good NHL game, and all he gets is is NHL 23 and there's another one that's an early access called Tape to Tape which he has high hope for hopes for because the only alternative is playing a garbage ass NHL EA game. Again, a lot of these action games require a big, you know, if you you know, a lot of there are people like me, you know, who want bells and whistles. I mean, but when NBA 2K does something really shitty and they really did did you do you know about the uh, the controversy with um, with badges that uh, if that actually go backwards that regress if you don't use them enough that all the time and work that you did um, you know and if you want to keep them oh guess what you can pay for it great so that might have been the last straw for a lot of people with NBA 2K. Yeah. And it's depressing because NBA 2K, when they're not trying to do this kind of bullshit, has good gameplay. It's not like when you play Madden and you can run the same play over and over and over again or really bad AI in Madden and stuff like that. You know, and they have Pokemon levels of recycling stuff. I mean, some people found the 2017 uh, Super Bowl pylon in it. It's like, what? (laughs) You didn't change that for six years? And I, yeah. just, I just front office, front office football, you know, they released that game. And then uh, after a few years, they released the 1995 um, edition, which it, which is an expansion pack that you could just, you know, they had the full version and they had the expansion. If you already owned your first one, you know, they didn't have the buy the same game over and over and over again. The reason for that is because they just implemented the two, the, the two point play in football. Yeah. We're just talking about the same shit over and over again. Sorry, folks. It's a depressing story. Uh, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy feedback. Leave us comments on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, set us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to iTunes, links, iTunes, comments. We're, I'm still having problems. I'm still trying to find out with WordPress how to fix. Because right now, you can't download this. Uh, through podcast uh, things, or at least unless you're listening to the video game roundtable, because that's Podbean. But for some reason, the base, you know, TD Gaming podcast is not doing it, and there's a there's an error in the RSS, and I have to fix that. You can always go to the website, which you're probably doing right now, and just listen to it there. So it's also where most of the comments are, anyway. Anyways, uh, we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun, be cool, play games, y'all.